Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. That's right. That's right. Welcome to Outtakes. I'm Lori Baker. You just heard one of the most famous lines from one of the most beloved holiday movies ever, Frank Capra's classic, It's a Wonderful Life. We're honored to have as one of our guests, Carolyn Grimes, who played Zuzu, the daughter of George Bailey, who, of course, was played by legendary actor Jimmy Stewart. Stay tuned to hear Tammy Weston's interview with Carolyn, where she talks all about her experiences with It's a Wonderful Life and more. so much for joining us this morning for Outtakes. This is an absolute privilege and honor for me to be speaking with you this morning. Oh, well, it's my fun and privilege, too, because I enjoy talking to you. And I uh, love talking about the movie. I found it interesting that a movie that was so well-loved was not well-received in its uh, first release, and yet it was nominated for five Academy awards and received Best Technical Achievement. Um, well, it was just a sort of special mention for the making of the snow. Yes, the snow was a hard thing to, to put on film at that time. Well, the snow before It's a Wonderful Life had been made out of cornflakes, and they sprayed it with kind of a white chemical concoction. The problem was that they had to dub the voices over the crunching of the snow because when you stepped on it, it crunched. They were, you know... Cereal, <laughs> and then so it crunched, and uh, Frank Capra wanted silence. No, so he and his cronies got together, and they made up another solution, and it was mostly fomite, which you find in a fire extinguisher, and ivory soap flakes. So you see a lot of soap suds in the movie if you look very closely. <laughs> another interesting aspect is your birthday is on July fourth. When did and the logo uh, of the tree, uh, the logo of that movie is uh, the Liberty Bell, and it was made by Liberty Films. And I was ironic. born on Fourth of July. That's pretty cool. It is very cool. <clears throat> very cool. How did you come to the role of Zuzu? I had an agent, and I'd already done four movies before I did It's a Wonderful Life. She sent me on an interview, and um, we had a one-on-one interview with Frank Capra and there were about five of us girls that went out and applied for the job and uh, I got it. You were very young when you played Zuzu. Uh, what was your first impression of Frank Capra? Well, 
I really didn't pay any attention to him when I interviewed because, you know, there were just so many different people that I've always experienced. I, I really didn't care one way or the other, and I didn't really think of him one way or the other. But once we got on the set, it was a whole different ball game. He was a very personable fellow, and he would get down on his knees and he would look at you eye to eye level, and he would talk to you and tell you what he wanted you to do how he wanted you to feel, and that sort of thing. So it really worked well. How old were you at the time? Six. Six. Your scene with Jimmy Stewart is so memorable to audiences. What was your first impression of him? Well, Jimmy Stewart was tall. He was six feet four, and that was my first impression. And Donna Reed? (sighs) Donna Reed, I really didn't have any interaction with Donna Reed. I may have been in a scene with her, but my focus was entirely on Jimmy Stewart. How was your shooting schedule at that time? I was on a set for two weeks. And the other children as well? Same thing. Were two weeks. Mm -hmm. Did um, The Wonderful Life gained a new audience and became a beloved holiday classic? Why was that? In the early 70s, they didn't renew the copyright, and so it became public domain. And that meant that every little television station across America could show it, and it was free. And so that's how it became uh, this interesting movie that finally people were exposed to because it was on every channel, like 10, time, 10 channels at the same time. <laughs> every time you change the channel, it's Wonderful Life, and you change the channel to be with Wonderful Life again. Growing up, did many of your friends uh, know that you were Zuzu? Oh, heavens no. I was totally out of Hollywood when I was 15, and, um, you know, those days were gone behind me and never to be remembered again, I didn't think. At that time, it wasn't really what it is today by any means at all. I mean, that was in the early 70s. You know, 30 years ago, no, it wasn't that big a movie then. It's just... Then over the years, when it started showing in the early 70s, I remember the parents who discovered the film, and then they had their kids watch it, and then their kids have grew up and had kids, and they they watch it. It's all a traditional thing that's gone down through the years, and now the movie's huge. How? Uh, what is your uh, feeling about it? The movie being colorized. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, in the 80s, when Ted Turner colorized it, it was dreadful and horrid, and he did a terrible job. But in the last few years, um, Legend Films in San Diego colorized it, and it is stunning. I love it. It's digitally remastered. It's beautiful. You see so much more in the film. You see expressions on their faces. It's just so clear. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's my privilege to go to these different theaters and kind of introduce the film and talk about the magic that Frank Capra put in the movie because after all, there's a lot of things that I'm sure people have never noticed. When you watch the colorized version, you see so much more in the background. He was a perfectionist and um, there are little things that he put into the film that you just don't see normally. And Like for instance, where um, George is shaking Uncle Billy and he's so angry and he's in his Uncle Billy's office in his home 
And he says, um, you know, somebody's going to jail and it's not going to be me. And he's so mad and he's angry and he storms out. Well, if you look around in the background, you'll see there's a cage that has a rat or a gerbil, something in it. There's a cage with a monkey in it. There is a cage, there's an owl, and there's a cage with a little parakeet in it. There's a little dog, and there's the squirrel, all in this little room. And when you see it in color, you'll notice it. You, you have no idea, but, you know, the idea is that he knows, you know, George Billy is a little fay. I mean, uh, Uncle Uncle Billy's a little fay, and, and he's not, not quite got all of his oars in a row, but he's a good man, he's a kind man, and, and he identifies with animals, and the animals love him. And so that's kind of, you know, a magic little moment right there. And Frank Capra puts those throughout the movie, all kinds of different moments that you, you just look at and you think, wow. He's just a, he was just a genius. He really was. When um, Harry Bailey's wife gets off of uh, the train and she first comes to town, Frank Capra was known for making sentimental movies and all these family-oriented movies. And, and, the, and the critics called his movies corny. And eventually they called it Capricorn. Well, of course, Capra was aware of this. And so when she gets off that train, she walks right over to a popcorn machine. And it's the name of the machine is the best popcorn in town. And she's eating this popcorn with white gloves on. Well, you know, this he didn't have to put that in there. The only reason he did was because he's telling the critics, yes, this is another one of my Capricorn movies. I mean, you don't see those things normally, but it's they're all there. And these are the stories that I tell people when I do appearances and, and go around the, the world, actually, and do these things. you travel a lot for the movie? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. I've been on the road since the 1st of October. Do you ever get tired of being Zuzu or uh, the fans' adoration of the of the movie? How fortunate am I to be a part of this magnificent movie that has touched so many lives and made such a difference in humanity. How fortunate really am I to be a part of that film? So I'm thankful and grateful that I got to play that part of Zuzu. And I feel like it's kind of a mission to to be a part of the movie and share my stories with everyone who loves this movie so much. And Zuzu actually was one of my very favorite characters. Well, uh, cool. I loved the part with you and Jimmy Stewart with the with Zuzu's petals. I always loved your little blonde curls. Did you wear your hair normally that way? Yes, my mother. <laughs> did I thought that it was actually adorable. Oh gosh, I slept with bobby pins in my head every night that I can remember as a child. <laughs> <laughs> a little known trivia that most people do not know is that in 1901 there was a cracker by Nabisco called, appropriately enough, Zuzu's Ginger Snaps. When Jimmy Stewart came running upstairs after his unborn sequence, he he said, uh, I came out my door, I said, Daddy! And he says, Zuzu, my little Ginger Snap. So I was yes. named after a cookie. Switching gears a little bit, uh, your best known role is Zuzu Bailey, but you were also in another holiday favorite, the bishop, the Bishop's Wife with Cary Grant and Loretta Young. 
Yeah, it's a great movie. It is. Uh, could you give us a little bit of your time uh, working with Cary Grant and Loretta Young? Well, I spent a lot more time on the set. I mean, I had a bigger part, of course. And I played Loretta Young and David Nevin's little girl. And um, David Nevin was a bishop. And um, he had desired to build this huge cathedral, which was to honor, hmm, questionable. Was it to honor him and his ego, or was it to honor God, or what was it to honor? Didn't really figure that out. And so he prayed to God to help him find the financing for building this enormous cathedral. Well, uh, his answer to prayer was Dudley the Angel, who was played by Cary Grant. And uh, he comes down and he pretty much sets things right. So it's a great story and it's a wonderful uh, movie for Christmas as well because it takes place at Christmas time. And uh, it's something that you really should start watching every year at Christmas uh, as a tradition, too. I watch it every Christmas Eve. Really? Uh-huh. I love it. I think it's a, it has a really wonderful message about ego and um, uh, material things oh, as opposed to spiritual things and giving of oneself. And it's just got a lot of good messages in it. Uh, and working with Cary Grant and Loretta Young, what was that like? I really enjoyed working with Cary Grant. He was my favorite of all the stars I ever worked with because he loved kids. And he would um, actually take me and read stories to me, tell me stories. And there was really an ice skating rink on the stage. And he would come and get me at lunchtime and pull me around on a sled while he practiced his ice skating. So it's, he, he just was, it was a great, fun time. And Loretta Young was very nice. She, she too, uh, was very nice. But in later years, actually, she became more of a friend, and she sent me, she was a devout Catholic, and she sent me prayers um, in my later years, which I really appreciated. She was a nice person. Do you keep in contact with any of the remaining cast of uh, It's a Wonderful Life? There are five of us. Um, living, and I do keep in contact with four of them, uh, Harry Bailey's wife and uh, the other two Bailey kids, uh, Janie, who played the piano, and little mm-hmm. Tommy, who burped, and the <laughs> other uh, the other person that is still with us is young Violet Bick, who was in the soda fountain scene. I do not, uh, I have not talked to her or had any communication with her, but... Um, I have, we're pretty close, especially the Bailey kids. We have a, a really close bond. In fact, Janie, who plays the piano, her son lives in our mother-in-law apartment. Wow. That so the so movie has caused us to have quite a bond over the years. It's We're like real brothers and sisters. She and I, neither one have a sister, so we're like really sisters. You do several personal appearances during the holiday season. Where can fans uh, come see you uh, this year? I'm in Uh, Chicago right now, and I'm doing the Palm Theater in Naperville, and I'm doing the Genesee Theater in Waukegan, and then I'm going to go do the Allied First Bank, who helps people have a second chance for a wonderful life, and they have a Zuzu loan. Can you tell us more about that? Well, the the, uh, fellow that runs the bank 
actually believes so much in the film that he wants to have a, he's kind of like a George Bailey. He wants to give people a second chance and give them a help if they've had bad credit or something's gone wrong and in their lives and they've had some bum breaks. They can come to his bank and he will help them with a Zuzu loan. So it's pretty incredible. It has little wings on it and it's the Zuzu loan. Your website, www.zuzu.net. Uh, is filled with not only personal appearances, but uh, letters uh, from fans and also about your uh, or you, your books. Uh, any last thoughts? I can't, I can't tell you how many people have, have told me how what has happened in their lives just because of this film. So that kind of thing, you really begin to see how this movie has such an impact on humanity and so it's really great that it's out there for people to watch and it it's like it kind of makes you realize that your world is not so terribly small but that your world is really there much bigger and you really do have things in your life that you can appreciate and and it kind of makes you understand that yes you have friends you have family you have faith you will really have a wonderful life. For more interviews with Outtakes, follow me on Twitter, Lori's Outtakes, or like my Facebook page at Outtakes Interviews on Blog Talk Radio. Until next time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.